Today's Callahan Show is sponsored by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com and use code word Jerry for huge discounts. For example, you can get the standard MyPillow, which is normally $69.98 for only $19.98 with code word Jerry. I'd call that a huge discount. MyPillow is made in the USA and it comes with a 10-year warranty. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you will ever sleep on. Makes an excellent gift. Get it now. And you can support this show and you can strike back against cancel culture. As you know, like us, Mike Lindell is constantly under attack from the cancel culture mob. By purchasing from MyPillow, not only are you helping this show, you're fighting back against cancel culture. MyPillow isn't in the big box stores anymore, so you can get factory direct pricing if you order from MyPillow.com using code word Jerry. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. That is Monday, April 11th. It is a busy, busy Monday. We have a loaded show, and I got to start with this one. I, had, I, I got, We got so much to get to. We got to get to the Masters. We got to get to, tell me if I'm overselling this, perhaps the most mind-boggling uh, Biden-Gaff blunder uh, just bizarre, bizarre quote from Joe Biden from the other day. And I swear, I, I heard it once and I, and I heard it twice and I still, I'm not sure. I mean, his mind is obviously not working uh, like it's supposed to, like it used to. And it's kind of sad. This one is kind of sad and, and funny, of course. There's no reason to feel sorry for this old man, this cranky, mean old man. But we'll get to that Um Adam Schefter got, in, got himself in a little hot water, a little, a little uh, a insensitive tweet. Schefter, we go from Schefter to Scheffler, the best golfer in the world who kind of ruined the Masters. I, I, I still enjoyed it, although this kid is a stud, and he just, uh, just trounced the field. And even Tiger couldn't take away, take steal the thunder from Schefter. Tiger. Tiger put on a pretty good show. I'll say that. I do have some bad news for uh, local golf fans, at least I think people who are looking forward to the U.S. Open at Brookline. Um, a uh, Matt, The Massachusetts State Troopers, a dozen of them are being fired for not getting the vaccine, which seems so... <laughs> It seems so outdated at this point. Don't we know the vaccine doesn't really work? I mean, except to help you from dying. And what do you care if someone else takes it? They're going to get the virus. They can spread the virus whether they get the vaccine or not. But we have a coward as a governor here in Massachusetts. And I'll explain to you why uh, in a couple of ways, a couple of ways over the weekend, we realized, if you didn't already know, our governor, Charlie Baker, is a fraud and a coward and will do nothing to stand up for these state troopers are getting who are getting screwed. But we have to start with a true American hero. And no, I'm not talking about uh, Scotty Scheffler here. I'm talking about Elon Musk, who has not dual citizenship, triple citizenship. I believe he's a Canadian, a South African and an American and a great American. If you're not paying attention to this. You should, because this is a huge counteroffensive against the woke mob, perhaps the most, the most uh, diabolical of all the woke, all the woke mobs. That would be the, uh, the people at Twitter Inc., Twitter Incorporated. These are just 
just awful authoritarian people who uh, don't even pretend anymore. They are, they think they can control speech. Uh, they are crazy left-wing ideologues. And if you step out of line, they will uh, take away your, uh, your right to speak freely on their platform. As we all know, they've banned Donald Trump for life. You know, why would you want a former president to have the right to speak? Uh, you know, they've banned Alex Berenson and, and Tucker Carlson and Charlie Kirk. Whoa. The Ayatollahs in Iran are free to tweet. Well, while Vladimir Putin, our modern day Hitler free to tweet, no problem, but not uh, Charlie Kirk. It's madness and it's frustrating, but Elon Musk is coming to save the day. As we talked about last week, Musk bought 9% of the company, spent $3 billion, which would be about what? He's worth $250 billion. He's now worth $100 billion more than, than Jeff Bezos. And by the way, an absolutely hilarious editorial over the weekend in the Washington Post lamenting the fact that a rich guy can buy a platform to advance his own agenda. The Bezos post doesn't like the fact that rich guys can use their money to buy a, a means of communications. Absolutely hilarious. But the Washington post is, you know, is, is dead. And, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a calcifying corpse. Twitter is the place where the, Day's agenda is set. It's where it's where uh, opinions are spread and agendas advance. And it's it's you know the number one uh, means of communication for the movers and shakers. And Musk buys nine uh, percent. The CEO, Prom, whatever his name is, Prom, I can never say his name. Wall. Say it for me. Say it for me, Ironhead. I, I <laughs> Prom Argwal. Yeah, there you go. Prambrol, I'll go. You sound like Biden. Parag, Parag Agrawal? Parag. Why don't we just call him Parag? Parag Safe. said, oh, we welcome Elon. We give, we're going to give him a seat on the board. There's 12 seats. They wanted uh, Elon to take one. And you know why they wanted Elon to take one? Because the rules say if you're a, a board member, if you're sitting on the board, you can't own more than 14% of the stock. They got rules. They got rules you must follow. And Elon Musk, he doesn't want to follow their rules. So he, he declined the seat on the board, which means right now thousands of, of just woke a-holes out in Silicon Valley are waking up and they're, and they're getting their soy latte and they're sitting there and they're going, oh my God, this man is going to rock my world again. If he took a seat on the board, his power would be limited. He's not taking a seat on the board, which means he can buy as much of the company as he wants. He can, It can be a hostile takeover. He can fire every one of these people, including Pramag. How do you say it again? Parag. Parag? Yes. Yeah. He can fire Parag and all the other fascists out there who take great pleasure in uh, suppressing speech and kicking people like Juanita Broderick, Bill Clinton's uh, rape victim, kicking her. She was kind of a wise ass. She's a good follow on Twitter, by the way, but she's been booted off because there'll be none of that. There'll be none of those voices of dissent. Well, we will see. We, we don't know what's going to happen yet. All we know is he declined the seat. 
which opens up all kinds of possibilities. And two things, two things. One, he can afford to buy the company. Like I said, he, he spent not even $3 billion to become the biggest shareholder, which leaves him with about $250 billion more to spend. We know that he's a risk taker. We know that he uh, has a real interest in Twitter. He's on there and he's occasionally comes out with a pretty strong take, which generally gets uh, retweeted like 200,000 times. Uh, And also he tweeted over the weekend that he was thinking of turning the headquarters, the Twitter headquarters into a homeless shelter because nobody shows up for work. Can you just picture it? (laughs) These pampered pukes, you know, they all, they graduated from whatever Stanford or, or maybe, you know, MIT and they're, they're, they're smart techies, but they're super woke. There's, they hate Trump. You know, they, 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 uh, they love, you know, this, they hate DeSantis. They love uh, Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes and, and uh, they read the New York times first thing in the morning and they're arrogant and they, anyone pisses them off all they all, you know, we went over this before Charlie Kirk, said that Rachel Levine's a man. And, you know, we all know Rachel Levine's a man. She dresses like a woman and changed her name and all, but it was stating a biological fact. Tucker just repeated it, just kicked them off. We don't stand for that. We, we, don't, we, we don't believe in science, the hell with science. We believe up is down and the sky is green and, and you know, girls are boys. And, and, and if you don't, Get in line. If you don't buy into our radical ideology, you're gone. That's what they do. They just kick people off if they don't like what they have to say. They lied for two years and said it was about, you know, protecting people from COVID. We couldn't have misinformation because people would die. If if we questioned the vaccine or the efficacy of masks, people would die. Well, we're done with that. We've moved on from that. And now we're doing transgenderism, this new woke radical trend that you must accept transgenderism. Oh, and by the way, we'll get it's, 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 it's hit home here in Boston. That's the big story of the day. We will tell you about the transgender first grade teacher who is not even hiding here in Boston. He is, she is uh, indoctrinating uh, one year uh, first graders indoctrinating six year olds. It's, it's all out in the open now, man. And if Elon fails, if he doesn't do this, then you won't be allowed to question. Uh, what's the teacher's name? Ray Schuyler, the first grade teacher who is trying to tell all six-year-olds about how wonderful it is to change your gender. I can't imagine any teacher, even in Brookline, even in Boston, any parent who thinks that's okay. But back to Musk, back to Musk. I don't know how long this takes. It's just breaking this morning. Everybody, at least, you know, all the good guys are applauding it, are, are uh, encouraging it, are hoping he takes the next step. It's amazing. The guy just sent four people to the moon or to Mars or wherever they go. When they go up in the rocket, they go to the space station. I don't know if you saw this, but they, they had, I think there were four, you know, laymen on this rocket. Three of them were. Uh, very wealthy individuals who paid 50 million to go up in the rocket and go to the space station. I don't think I'd, I'd do if, if it costs 50,000, I don't think I'd want to do it. It doesn't, I'm not a space guy. I don't like space. I never really was into it. I didn't, I've never seen star Wars. I didn't really get into star Trek. I don't, I'm not into space, 
these guys must be so, they must be these space freaks to pay 50 million to go up and float around and see space. I mean, can't you just go to one of those theaters in the round at the museum and see some of the same thing, stars and shooting stars and, and planets and stuff. I mean, is it really that is it really worth $50 million? Significantly safer. That's for sure. But at least, you know, Musk charges people and gets the money and, what does Jeff Bezos do? He tries to bring, uh, he brings Michael Strahan up with him or, uh, or William Shatner. He offers to bring Pete Davidson up for free. Pete Davidson. Why you want to spread STDs to, to space aliens. You don't want to limit them to, to people here on earth. You want to people to catch whatever he's got up in space. Uh, but, but anyway, we are rooting hard for Elon Musk, an American hero who is rattling some cages and this is what it takes. It takes the richest man of the world to, you know, to, to, to put these people in their place. And again, we've already seen the tweets from uh, various uh, Twitter, uh, little, little people at Twitter who are quitting or threatening to quit because, oh, Elon Musk, we don't, uh, we, uh, he, he threatens their very existence. They will wake up in the morning and say, which, you know, conservative can we, can we uh, kick off today? Which conservative can we cut off at the knees today? And Musk, if nothing else, is going to say no more of that. And I hope so, because, you know, honestly, every time I tweet about things, I say this could be the one I could be end up on the scrap heap with everybody else and, you know, get suspended or get banned for life and then just move on, do something else. But Twitter is a good news source. It's, you know, you, you will find the latest news there. All the, the major news outlets... Uh, unless Twitter suppresses them, put their stories up there. The headlines, you know, the New York Post, when they're not being suppressed by these Twitter fascists, they put the latest news on there. And if you, and I, I always tell the story, in the old days, I would literally drive to to newsstands and, and buy, you know, five, six papers every day. I'd look for out-of-town papers, New York papers, uh, occasionally you know, the Washington Post or the, you know, the, the Philadelphia papers, if you could find them at out of town news and you can just sit in your, sit in your ass and do that now without moving. How can you not like that? The fact that you can read news from all over the world, you know, with one click, but unfortunately it's being run by the same mob that runs, that runs everything that runs big media, academia, Hollywood, Washington, DC, these same, these same vile fascist leftist lunatics and Musk is pushing back. He's fighting back. So he is indeed a hero and we will be watching and rooting for him and hoping. I don't, you know what? I want to read a story about like a purge. I don't know if you ever saw the video and this is probably not a good analogy, but have you ever seen the video of when Saddam Hussein took over the bath party? I can't believe I'm asking you this, but uh, I believe it was 1979. So he takes over. And he goes to the, it's, you know, like a typical uh, government, you know, like a parliament or Congress where they're all sitting in their seats. And then there's a podium for the the main uh, speaker. And he starts calling out names of, I guess, his adversaries. And they literally come down the aisle, tap him on the shoulder. Let's go. They take him outside and shoot him. (laughs) He just takes, he takes his political enemies one at a time outside the, the, the hall, the conference hall, and just puts a bullet in their head. That's how he, that's how he wrested control 
of the of the government back in '79. I uh, I don't want. I don't think I want Musk to do that. You know, maybe just tap him on the shoulder, take him out, hand him a box, and say, "Clean out your desk and get the hell out." Have and a, uh, you can just, have a yeah, like a paintball gun or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Put. <laughs> Sit <laughs> with a paintball gun, boom, and they get paint on them. That means you got to go. I can't imagine there's anybody left in that company, anybody in that company who would be on the same page as Musk. They would never hire anybody who isn't a crazy lefty who wants, who's against free speech, because that's what you have to be. If you're a modern day leftist or modern day radical fringe liberal, your first item on your agenda is snuff out suppress opposing views that's what they believe they don't they don't believe in the first amendment you know they don't believe in the constitution they don't want anyone to have a they don't want a robust debate they want to crush out the opposition and they probably are thinking that you know they probably thought it would last forever the you know their, their little fantasy land and they would be kicking people off twitter willy-nilly you know for now to the end of time but that's that's not going to happen if Elon Musk takes over. I say this again, you know, like if I were, if you were, if you had, I don't know, 10 billion, 50 billion, a hundred billion, I don't know about you, but I'd be on one of those, those yachts that they took away from the Russian oligarchs. Mm. You know, I'd be on a beach, I'd be on a golf course. I'd be, I, Musk doesn't think that way. He doesn't rest. You know, he just wants to keep moving. He just wants to keep, uh, chasing his, his passions. And unfortunately for Twitter, one of his passions is Twitter. He's not going to rest. I don't think until he takes control and, 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 and changes the way things are done. And won't that be wild? The day that he reinstates Donald Trump, the day that the new CEO, Elon Musk, or whoever he puts in that position says, new rules, new rules. Everybody who's been banned, suspended, you're all coming back. And, you know, it'll be nice when they bring back whatever Alex Berenson and Charlie Kirk and Tucker Carlson. But the day they announced Donald J. Trump is back on there again, I'll have mixed feelings. Like I always say is I wasn't a huge fan of his tweets. You know, the 2 a.m. ones with lots of exclamation points and capital letters. And I think I don't believe that putting Trump back on Twitter necessarily helps his chances in 2024. I think it might help Ron DeSantis as much as it helps Trump yeah. because he's already he's so obsessed with the 2020 election and the rigging. I mean, it kind of went under the radar, but he said like two weeks ago, like he call, called out to Putin for, for, for dirt on the Bidens. And I'm thinking, Putin, isn't he busy killing civilians? What are you, what, you're going to talk, you want to talk, you want Putin to talk about the, about the 2020 election, <laughs> you want to talk about the, pre I mean, uh, it's one thing to obsess over it and talk about whatever happened in Wisconsin and Georgia, but at some point, at some point, even Donald Trump has to move on. He could say they stole it. They rigged it. It wasn't fair crime, you know, whatever, you know, it was, it was fraudulent, but at some point they're not going to go back and change it, Donald, you have to move on. And I think people, even his big fans, even the people who show up at his rallies, even the you know, Sean Hannity's, and even they will say at some point, okay, we got you. They stole it. Can we now talk about 2024? Can we not talk about your vision for the future? You can't campaign 
for 2024, if you're only talking about 2020 and DeSantis is right now, he's just on a roll and it feels so refreshing because he's taking the initiative and he's, he's showing some real leadership and some real, real balls. Uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to DeSantis and why he's so great and why the governor of Massachusetts by comparison, by comparison is such a coward. But first, you know what I want to do before we get to the, uh, I want to do this, this Biden cut. I know it was um, Friday because it was at the ceremony. I think it was Friday, the ceremony for Kataji Brown Jackson, where he had Kamala Harris, by the way, again, in her brown suit. She loves that brown suit. (laughs) And Kataji Brown Jackson. And they were on both sides at the the lawn at the White House. And in the middle was the podium. And, you know, Kataji Brown Jackson, we got to start calling her something else. KBG, KBJ, or just call her Jackson. So Jackson... She did a nice job. She spoke and talked about, you know, history and everything else. And Biden gets up and we're used to him being completely and utterly incoherent. Right. I mean, you're used, you don't expect him to ever make any sense. If you're a Biden supporter, you hold your breath and hope he can read the teleprompter and hope they didn't type in any big words and hope. I think if you're, you know, Jen Psaki or Ron Klain, what you hope is he doesn't go off script and tell stories. You know, when he tells stories, two things happen. Everybody, you know, he lies. Everybody, everyone knows he's lying. Everybody knows that corn pop didn't exist and big mama didn't exist and he never drove a truck and they, and they know his parents, his mother and father didn't say the things he said. Everybody knows as soon as he takes his eyeballs off the teleprompter, he starts lying. Yeah. And they also know he meanders, which could be worse than lying, but he meanders and it becomes oh, so irrelevant that it's laughable, that it's comical. Tell me when you first saw this cut. I know we have two cuts, but it's one long thought, <laughs> if you can call it that. It's one long uh, train of thought that goes off the tracks, down the ditch, and into the, you know, off the cliff, and it explodes in, in wild fire and fury. But. He's, he's supposed to be talking about the historical nature of this nomination. He nominated Ketanji Brown Jackson. And because he is such a vile uh, uh, bigot, she's the first female, black female, although we don't know what a, she's the first black woman, I think, although we're not sure what a woman is. And as we know, Janice Rogers Brown would have been the first black woman, except Biden promised to filibuster her and destroy her the way he attempted to destroy Clarence Thomas. So he cares so much about the elevation of, of, of uh, black judges that he tried to destroy Clarence Thomas and he did stop Janice Brown, uh, Janice Rogers Brown. But we made it to this point. The first black woman, whatever that is, is going to be seated this summer. This event was about her and about her the historic nature of her nomination. But uh, again, two, uh, two things, again, two things happen when Biden talks, he loses, he lies, he loses train of thought. And I should add a third, he makes it about himself. He learned that from his mentor, or should I say, you know, his good friend, Barack Obama, make everything about you. His boss. His, his and Think of it though. He, this was a slam, but this was easy, man. This was a, 83 mile an hour fastball down the middle. 
you look at Katana, you look at hell Kamala if you want, look at uh, Brown Jackson, and you say, "Aren't I aren't I wonderful? I nominated a woman and a, a black woman to the Supreme Court." But he goes on the most bizarre tangent he's ever gone on. I mean, this is crazier than Big Mama, crazier than Corn Pop and his hairy legs. This is him talking about being in the foothills of the Himalayas with President Xi and in the middle of a ceremony about the new Supreme Court justice. Totally bizarre, comical. But again, as you watch this, as you listen to this, I need to remind everybody that we could be going to nuclear war with Russia. It's entirely up to this man that you're about to hear from. That's essentially, I mean, I know he's, he's essentially a puppet and there are people pulling the strings, but if we do go to war, 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 nuclear war, it's up to this man, this man who got 81 million votes, this man who you wouldn't trust to walk your dog, deliver your mail. He's the most powerful man in the world and he can't focus for, for one minute. Let's listen to uh, Joe Biden ostensibly talking about uh, Kataji Brown Jackson the other day. I was in the, foot, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, in the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. And that's we traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. Look at the look on, uh, if you're watching with us on Locals, on both women, uh, I think, Kamala and, and Brown Jackson are looking at him and they're going, what did he just say? They're both so, laughing. So you, you have this cut up to two cuts, right, where yeah. he starts off. That's not even the best part. This rambling thing about being in the foothills of the Himalayas. By the way, is that like a question for Jen Psaki today or was it the, over the weekend? Did someone say... What was he talking about? This is the president. This is not some, you know, retired something or other old person that you just feel bad for. This is the president. It's not Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter's more lucid. Jimmy Carter's like 117 years old. He's more lucid. And by the way, was a better president. Yeah. But the start of this cut, we're going in reverse order. The beginning of this cut, believe it or not, he says he he could whatever, describe this in one word. And the one word is that thing you just heard. The one word is I was in the Himalayas with Pri Jingji, uh, you know, going 17,000 miles. That's the one word that describes America, according to this, this sad, confused old man. But play, play, let's listen to the, from the beginning. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot him uh, foot, foot. <laughs> <laughs> now play the play the rest of that play the cut the first cut again i was in the foot him uh, foot, foot, excuse me the foothills of the himalayas with xi jinping traveling with them and that's we traveled seventeen thousand miles when i was vice president oh. i don't know that for a fact i don't know that for a fact. okay that is the man who decides whether uh we go to war mm. with russia that's the man who decides whether we <laughs> enter World War Three, America can be defined in one word. I was in the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping. <laughs> even if that had some relevance, like even if he said define in one word, start talking about you know equal right, equal opportunity, and you can be anything, and you dream big or some other cliche. How do you get from 
Ketanji Brown Jackson to American be defined in one word to the foothills of the Himalayas. What the hell was that? And how is everybody not alarmed by that? How are we not talking about the 25th Amendment today? How? That is beyond scary. That I have experience. I've spent a lot of time in the memory ward at a big nursing home, and it is the saddest place in the world. It is, it is really, really depressing. Yeah. These are people who don't know, who are still alive. They're old. They're elderly, generally. And what the, the, the area I spent my time in, they were all in wheelchairs. They would put them in the hall. They would literally sit in the wheelchair and talk incoherently all day. And if you walk by, they thought you were somebody they knew and they would call you all different names. They thought you were their father or brother or son. And you don't find a sadder place. That's what it's like. Uh, and I'm not kidding. That's what it's like. You, where they just talk about the Himalayas or they talk about, you know, I traveled or drove a truck and it's just gibberish and, they're just, they're not living. They're just kind of surviving. It's, it's, that's the president. The president is a dementia patient. The president in the United States is a dementia patient who, if he doesn't have every word written and he doesn't read it, says things like that. And we're laughing and I'll, I'll always laugh at him because it is funny, but it is scary. Uh, can you imagine being in the military? Like you're a, whatever, a 20 year old Marine. First of all, you had to get vaccinated, even though you didn't need it because they would kick you out. Secondly, you're in Poland. You're on the border. Every day you're training and you put that on or you put the news on and you hear that and you say, that's my commander in chief. Holy crap. That is some scary stuff. But all right, we got a lot to get to. Iron had a lot more to get to. We got to get to this first grade teacher who is indeed grooming, indoctrinating, whatever word you want to use. Uh, first graders, six-year-olds here in Boston. Uh, we got the Massachusetts State Troopers who are getting, uh, speaking of uh, getting kicked out, they're getting kicked off the force for not getting the jab, which doesn't work, as we all know. It doesn't work to stop the spread or it doesn't work to stop the transmission. It doesn't matter. Our, our, our cowardly governor is kicking them off the police force after many of them, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get into it. And Adam Schefter is in some trouble for tweeting an insensitive tweet about Dwayne Haskins. I think I'm going to defend my old friend Adam. He didn't do anything wrong here. But first, let me tell you about, oh, let's do this. Let's do this, Ironhead. Let's talk about Callahan Coffee. I got some right here. You got your Callahan Coffee? Got it right here. Well, you got it in your mug. I got it there in my mug. Go. Actually, here's our first branded product. Can you see it? How's it look? It looks great, actually. What does it say? Proudly roasted in Waltham, Mass. Oh, Linda Quigley texts in, says she got her cup of Callahan coffee. She's ready to go. Great job, Ironhead, with the pick. It really is good coffee. It really is. And like I said, I'm not that picky. I love, they gave us a few samples, and I loved them all. And I said, you pick, <laughs> Ironhead. And he did for once a rare moment. He got something right. Did it. Nailed it. And there it is. There it is. You can get it at uh, CallahanCoffee.com. we got to give credit to our marketing manager, Graham, who put it all together. We shipped our first batch. Yeah, it's going out. I got mine. I got mine uh, Saturday. I, uh, 
Graham wants me to give a big thanks to Ironhead, but I think we already did that. We, part, <laughs> we partnered with this roaster out of Waltham, who did a great job. We sampled a bunch of them. I loved them all. Ironhead, he he ranked them. We picked his favorite, and the uh, reviews are in at least some of them, and they're uh, and they're good, man. I think you got it right. This uh, Calian Coffee combines beans from three continents. Did you know that? I did. To create a unique natural coffee flavor, rich with chocolate and sweet with caramel taste notes. It's a full-body dark roast with low acidity and uses the most premium beans available. You can also get a Bug the Chug Mug if you go to CallahanCoffee.com. If you use one of the Keurig things, you can still enjoy Callahan Coffee with a reusable K-Cup pod. We have helpful links on our website to some of the Amazon listings for these things, which are, I have those, I use those. Put the little coffee right in the pod. Make yourself a cup. You don't drink too much like Ironhead does. Just go to callahancoffee.com and click the link. All right, get your Callahan coffee. You know what else you can get? An express, you can get a VPN. We've been talking today and every day a lot about big tech companies ramping up the censorship to new heights. We've been shadow banned on some of our social media platforms and we got kicked off YouTube for medical misinformation once upon a time. And you know, it's going to get worse until, until daddy Elon gets starts kicking ass at Twitter. What some people may not realize about big tech companies, it not only do they censor what you read, but they track what you do online. They track what you're searching for, the videos you watch, everything. They use this data to serve you ads and they can match your activities to your true identity. Think about everything you browse, search for, everything you tweet. They use this data and turn you into a product. The same big tech companies who are largely responsible for cancer culture are using your information to profit off it. That's why we use ExpressVPN, and you should too. ExpressVPN is a simple tool that protects you from big tech companies by hiding your identity and your online habits. Hey, tell me something, Mine. Hey, can you? Is this good for, uh, you know? Look, you know, go on youporn, youporn.com or Pornhub. Sure. Does help? Yeah. Oh, good. All the banned sites from Italy. Asking, you know? asking for a friend. ExpressVPN disguises you. Perfect. It prevents big tech from tracking you online. Make sure to go to expressvpn.com slash Callahan to get an extra three months free with an annual subscription. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash Callahan. Support this show. Strike back against big tech and keep identity thieves at bay. All right. We got to get this, uh, get to this story uh, out of uh, Boston. It's at a school called Brook School, a charter school. If you want to read about it, it is disturbing. You can go to Turtle Boy. Uh, it's I'm sorry, I keep saying Brookline. It's in Roslindale, uh, but it's a uh, it's a charter school full of wokesters. Principally, uh, Turtle Boys get the bios of some of the teachers and the principal and the assistant principal. And it's all about celebrating diversity and equity and inclusion. I'm sure the kids can't read, can't do basic math, but they do get to learn about transgenderism. Because at this Brook School, as uh, Turtle Boy writes, it's a race-obsessed, government-funded school with no oversight, um, funded by the taxpayers, and their website shows an obsession with the race of the teachers at a school that's 93% non-white. So these kids from the city go to this charter school, and if they're unlucky, they get a, a teacher in first grade named Ray Skyer. Skyer? It's too bad for, the, for these kids because, well, they're not going to have to wait on learning to read. What do you? How old are you when you learn to read? You have a six-year-old. 
Is that when you're learning to read? I forget. Um, he learned to read when he was like almost three. He's he's yeah. freaky smart. So I don't know the actual. Oh yeah, answer. sure. That's you know, yeah. Like you're the first guy to first guy to have a kid who's freaky smart. <laughs> uh, my, my my daughter was a freaky smart reader. Was reading like books. Reading like she just was obsessed with reading, and so she learned young too. But I'm sure I didn't. I don't know if I knew how to read in first grade. But if you even if you know, you you want to. There's so much more to learn. You got to learn, you know, math and history and everything else. Well, no, this, this guy, Ray Skyer is busy. This girl, I'm not even sure. I'm, I get so confused when I do these stories. This is, this is a woman who is transitioning to a man all dressed up, got the tie on and short hair, got a little stubble. So obviously on whatever the, the uh, medication to help with her transition, uh, which is, you know, only it's her business, right? Her business. Yeah. But no, she must take it into the classroom and tell the kids what uh, transitioning is all about. I got to be honest. I have trouble with this now at my age. There's no first grader nowhere in the world, even if they're freaky smart like your kid, Ironhead, mm-hmm. who can get their little six-year-old minds around this. As Turlboy points out, they believe in Santa. You know, they don't know, they don't know what gender means. They don't know what sex is. If this were a 12th grade, 10th grade, 8th grade, it'd be bad. It'd be like, this person's a narcissist. They want to talk about their own lives and celebrate their own diversity rather than teach kids. Teachers are supposed to go into this profession because they want to teach kids, not talk about themselves. As we, as we talked about here many times, I don't remember like, teachers talking about their private lives ever. I don't remember. I remember teachers and you didn't know whether they were married. You know, you didn't know where they lived. You didn't know what their husbands or wives did. I mean, the idea that a first grade teacher thinks it's appropriate to tell her kids that she was born a girl, but now she, you know, was dressed up and being acting like a boy. I mean, how could any six year old ever get their mind around it? These people are so selfish narcissistic, self-absorbed. And by the way, they're not good teachers. If this is what you're talking about, you're not a good teacher. You, you, and I, I guess you don't care because you're there to indoctrinate. And I know these words are, are, people are sensitive. They don't like these words. They're triggers for some people, you know, grooming. Hell, Jack Posobiec, one of the big right-wingers on Twitter, got kicked off Twitter for saying Disney is a place for groomers or something. So Twitter, until... Daddy Elon takes over, will not allow you to call people groomers. But we're going to listen to Brooke, Brooke Skyer, and you tell me, what would you call her? What would you call her? Someone who's talking like this about teaching first graders. Go ahead, play it. And something something cool about me, Miss Hammond? All right. All right. So something that's really cool and unique about who I am is that I am transgender. So we touched a little bit about that at the beginning of this week uh, in the book that Miss Hammond read. But I'm going to give you my explanation about what it means to be transgender as well. So when babies are born, the doctor looks at them and they make a guess about whether the baby is a boy or a girl based on what they look like. And most of the time, that guess is 100 percent correct. There are no issues whatsoever. Um But sometimes the doctor is wrong. The doctor makes an incorrect guess. Um, When the doctor makes a correct guess, that's when a person is called cisgender. When the doctor's guess is wrong, that's when they are transgender. 
Can you think of anything that would be worse, more detrimental to tell a six-year-old, even a super smart one like yours, Mm -hmm. six-year-old is told by his teacher that doctors, quote, make a guess, and sometimes they're wrong. So the kid's sitting there going, wait a second, the doctor guessed? The kid's looking down going, I'm a boy or I'm a girl, and the doctor just guessed? Um Obviously, the parents don't know what's going on. Obviously, if your parent knew what this what this lunatic was telling their children, they would be storming the gates of Brook School, I hope. I mean, I'm sure some are super woke and they're bragging. Oh, my kid has a transgender teacher. But most part, any parent who, again, cares about the child would find this incredibly disturbing. Mm. This is, I mean, it's, again, if this, if this guy's saying this, like, to me or you or whatever, someone on the street... You're saying, that's nuts. Doctors don't make a guess. Doctors don't make a guess. Where'd he come up with that lunacy? <laughs> yeah, uh, hey, Doc. She's I see saying that. it to children yeah. who are lear- there to learn, who look at, at her as an authority figure. I mean, this is bizarre. How, did, how is this person not fired today? Again, Total Boy points out, this is a charter school, but it's fact, uh, uh, funded by the taxpayers. This person went viral on libs of TikTok. If you don't know what that is, it's a very popular uh, Twitter account that does this. It's, you know, calls out, exposes people like this, groomers, indoctrinators, people like this who are dangerous to young children. But right now, there's a bunch of six-year-olds listening to this person and trying to figure out what the hell she's talking about. So the doctor just took a guess, huh? All right, we got we got more from uh, the lovely Ray Skyer. So I'm a man, but when I was a baby, the doctors told my parents I was a girl. And so my parents gave me a name that girls typically have and bought me clothes that girls typically wear. Um, and until I was 18 years old, everyone thought I was a girl. And this was super, super uncomfortable for me because I knew that wasn't right. Um, the way I like to describe it is like wearing a super itchy sweater. Um, the longer you wear it, the itchier it gets. And the only way to make the itching stop is to have everyone see and know the person that you really are. So when I was 18, I told my family and my friends that I'm really a boy. And it was like this huge weight had been lifted off of my shoulders and I had the freedom to be who I truly am. And even though this experience is super challenging sometimes, um, I am su- it made me the person I am and I'm super proud to be transgender. Great, great. Go nuts. Have all the fun. Dress however you want. Change your name if you want. Leave the kids alone. Leave them. I mean, this debate obviously has been raging in, you know, in Florida because their governor has real courage and won't allow people like this in to, to do this, to attempt to indoctrinate young children. But we don't have that in Massachusetts. We have a coward who pretends to be a, a, a conservative but bows down to whatever teachers unions, the Boston Globe, the people at Harvard or the academia. It doesn't matter. He's just a squish who will do nothing about this. If we had a governor with any balls at all, he'd be standing up right now and saying, stop this. Get this, get this creep out of the classroom. We're talking about young minds, children. Since when do people stop caring about kids, about little kids? This is insane. Uh, I'm glad libs of TikTok. uh, by the way, Libs of TikTok exposed 
this person. And then the Brooks school immediately blocked the libs of TikTok. So they're defending, they're going to circle the wagons around this dangerous lunatic. And you know what? So will the Boston globe, the Boston media, no one will talk about it on Boston radio. This is the scariest, the most vicious, the most ruthless of all the woke mobs, the transgender mob. I don't know if you saw it in England yesterday, huge protest because they will not ban, or they have not yet, they will, conversion therapy for transgender kids. So if a parent sees a kid and the kid's wearing the, the different clothes and confused about his gender, they won't be allowed to take him to therapy. That's just, I mean, that's that's frightening. The point we've reached where that person could teach six-year-olds, that person should be taken away in handcuffs. To, honest to God, what that person is doing there's a whole bunch of confused six-year-olds in Rosendale right now going, what did the doctor guess, mommy? When I was born, did the doctor guess right? Christ, how are parents not up in arms about that? But, yeah, I, I, see uh, a, I see a penis, but I'm not sure. No, did, did he just guess? <laughs> so the doctor, a baby's born, and the doctor takes a guess. God, but, but that is twisted. By any definition, again, you could do, you have all the freedoms and the rights and, and, and like any other individual in this country, you can change your name, change your dress, you know, change your pronouns, go nuts, live free, enjoy your life, leave the kids alone. All right, we got to get to a few more things here uh, on a Monday. Let me do Shay and then we're going to get to the, uh, I mentioned our cowardly governor, uh, uh, firing cops. We're firing cops who have natural immunity and don't want to get an unnecessary jab, people who worked right through the pandemic. But uh, let me talk about Shay first, and we'll get to that. And we'll tell you why Adam Schefter is in trouble. Not not Scotty Scheffler. Adam Schefter is in trouble uh, for something he tweeted. But first, let me tell you about Shay. I would have been telling you about Shay Concrete for a long, long time. Today, we're sitting with the man who makes it all work, the man in charge of the whole place, my brother-in-law, Greg. Hey, Greg, seems like business is booming at Shea Concrete. We're cranking that out, Jerry. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, what's holding you back these days? We could use some good help. You need people? We need people. How many people do you need? At least 20 people. 20? Well, what kind of people? We have positions driving trucks, working in the production plants, estimating engineers, all kinds. Do you need any podcasters? <laughs> and all we do have the precast podcast. Well, I, I think it seems like a great place to work, as I tell people. It's a family atmosphere. You guys are good to your people. There's a great gym here at the headquarters. Uh, what's holding you back? Why can't you find people? Besides being to work on time, you have to pass the drug test. Ooh, <laughs> you have to pass a drug test. That's all it takes. All right, if people want to uh, come see you, they want to talk, what do they have to do? Bunch of ways. They can, if they want to be a team member, they can go to shakeconcrete.com, fill out an application. They can come to our, any of our offices. We got four locations. They can call me up directly. They can email jobs at shakeconcrete.com. And you'll give them a hat? And you'll we'll give them a hat. Hats. Yep. All right, sounds good. Shakeconcrete.com. I saw a really cool, uh, nice cafeteria here. Can we go have lunch? Oh, absolutely. We got empanadas and chicken. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know what they are, but I'm going to go have an empanada. I don't know why uh, this story, these stories just infuriate me so much. I mean, this was a story that broke over the weekend. I'm looking at uh, Fox News right now. 
11 Massachusetts state troopers and one sergeant were fired on Friday due to not complying with the COVID-19 vax mandate. All 12 state troop members have been dishonorably discharged as of Friday, according to a Massachusetts state police spokesperson. They were initially put on administrative leave, but still did not get the shot. So they, I don't know if you've been watching what's happening in Shanghai. They've locked the city down. It's a city of, oh, only 25 million. They're killing pets. Yeah. They're, and they're separating parents from children, putting people on trains to go to, to go to quarantine camps. It is frightening. The video is frightening. They have drones flying through the city telling people not to go out on their decks and sing because that might spread the, spread the COVID it's, it's back. And by the way, so is evil Fauci. The evil elf is back on TV saying, we might have to lock them down again and might have to go back to wearing, wearing masks. But uh, this is just utter madness. These 12 cops, different levels of experience, obviously, you know, different stories, individuals. Uh, they were terminated um, on the weekend to avert their attention, according to a statement from the uh, State Police Association. Um the firing of 12 members comes nearly eight months after Governor Charlie Baker's executive order requiring all executive branch employees to provide proof of vaccination by October. Uh, they didn't do it. These guys, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess out of the 12, at least 10, if not all 12, have had COVID, have natural immunity, don't need the vaccine. It doesn't matter. This is about control. This is about these authoritarian bullies forcing their way, their mandate on people. Doesn't matter if it helps. Doesn't matter if it stops the spread. Doesn't matter if it stops the transmission. But if these are people, by the way, who worked through through the pandemic, worked through COVID for, for the last two years, they're being kicked off the force. They're being fired by people who hid at home for two years. The city hall and the state house were essentially abandoned for the better part of two years. I walked by both of them all the time. They were ghost towns. They were abandoned. These, it's how you know these people, these are useless bureaucrats. They didn't come to work for two years and nobody cared. Nobody noticed for the most part. So these, 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 these awful people, they sat home you know, on their Zoom calls in their underwear and said, oh, those guys won't get the jab that even though Dr. Fauci and Rachel Lewinsky and Pfizer said they need it, let's fire them, fire them. Some of them have been you know, with the force you know, for decades. They went to work. You know what happened when they went to work the last two years? They got COVID. They didn't hide it all. They got COVID. They got over it. They got natural immunity. And this coward, Charlie Baker, this absolute pathetic, sad squish of a man, fired him, doesn't have the guts to stand up to these hacks, these bureaucrats, the, the, the globe and, and, and you know, the, 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 the lobbyists and he fires them. God, I wish for, uh, one day, I, I wish we had a governor like Ron DeSantis who, who cares, who stands up for not just right and wrong, but stands up for, for people, uh, you know, average people against the powerful, the forces, the powerful forces out there, the media and, and, and academia and these, bureaucrats in, in state house and city hall, but I'm sure it'll end up, I guess it'll end up in court and you know, they'll fight for their job, but it is, it is shameful that our governor allowed this to happen. You know what? Uh, let me do this story quickly because I don't know when I think of Charlie Baker, I think of people, you know, perverts. 
I don't know why. I don't even know what the connection is. I think of perverts on airplanes. <laughs> and uh, this story is from the uh, Boston Herald. Boston Herald uh, yesterday. And man, I have so many questions about this story. So many questions. A 76-year-old Florida man is accused of masturbating and exposing his penis to a 21-year-old woman, woman seated next to him on board a flight from Newark to Boston, according to the feds. Donald Edward Robinson of Benita Springs, Florida, then placed his hand on top of the victim's thigh without her consent, the U.S. attorney alleges. Robinson was arrested Sunday at Boston Logan International Airport for performing a lewd act aboard an aircraft. He's been charged with one count of lewd, indecent, and obscene acts. Shortly after departure, this is a short flight. This is like up and down. Shortly after departure, the victim recorded a 24-second video of Robinson fondling and manipulating his uh, wiener through his pants. A short time later, he looked over and he'd exposed himself to the young girl, to the young woman. This is amazing. We had another story last week about a guy, but he was like in his 20s uh, playing with himself on a plane. I mean, this is, I, I thought initially it had to be Jeffrey Tubin, but Tubin's not 76. This guy's 76, and he can't keep it in his pants for a half-hour flight. Man, the victim got the attention of another passenger and displayed a messenger of a phone said, hi, this man assaulted me, touched my leg, and is masturbating. During the deplaning process, the victim uh, approached a flight attendant about the incident. Uh, they checked security footage. They found him. They arrested him. How do you, how do you, <laughs> how do you think you're going to get away with that? I have no idea. Everyone's got a camera on them now. And I guess whatever, you know, I guess I don't know what gets people all that, you know, aroused, but you think you're going to get away with this. Instead, it's you end up getting arrested in your whole life. You're ashamed. You're a disgrace. You're, you're 76. Maybe you don't care anymore, but man, that is a, a disturbing story. Some people get arrested for, you know, molesting others on airplanes and they get away with it, I guess. That's, you know, sometimes... They get away with it because, I don't know, maybe they have connections. They have famous uh, relatives or powerful relatives, and they get away with it. But I don't I don't think this guy, Mr. Robinson, is going to get away with it. I think it's uh, the cabin pressure. It acts like a penis pump or something. A, well, you know, I, I do believe that when some people lose their minds, they get a couple drinks in them, and they just lose it. That's when they, like, you know, take a piss on the cart or something or whatever or start screaming or try to open the door, and they have to duct tape them. I believe that people can do that. That's psychosis. Um, you know, with the cabin pressure or whatever, but this, this, you barely have time to get up in the air and you're landing and he's already pulling it up, playing with it. They don't, they and she's got her it. phone in her hand. Why did he think, how did he think he was going to get away with that? But no idea. Anyway, let's get to the chef to think, cause you know what? I saw this yesterday and I didn't think anything of it. And then I keep reading Twitter, uh, things on Twitter saying chef is in trouble and I'm going in trouble. What did he do? Can I just say he did nothing? And if you're Adam Schefter, it doesn't have to be much to get in trouble because he's got, what's Schefter got for uh, Twitter followers? Millions, right? Yeah. Uh, he's got, uh, yeah, and, and we found out last week, he makes $9 million a year. And he doesn't even write. He's got 9.4 million followers. Crazy. 
And he just, you know, has agents call him or league sources call him and he breaks news and, you know, tweets it out and he makes nine million a year. Pretty good gig. And he's a good guy. I've known him for years. I knew him back when he was uh, in Colorado covering the Broncos. Uh, and he's a big star and good luck to him. And whenever anybody is uh, struggling, like on my old radio station, they can't fill up like in the next segment. They're all worried. They say, call Adam Schefter. Well, I've, you know, then call Adam Schefter. He'd come on the air and because he's got nothing else to do. He just sits there with his two phones waiting for agents to call. But anyway, if you hadn't heard the tragic story, the tragic news, Dwayne Haskins died. He was hit by a, uh, on Saturday, hit by a truck on the highway in Florida, walking down the highway. Don't have the details of what exa- why exactly he was in that spot and got hit by the truck, but he was killed. He's uh, would have turned 25 in uh, May. He was he played for the Redskins. He was the fifth pick in the draft, I believe, a stud at Ohio State. Now he's in Pittsburgh fighting for a job or a backup job. And Dwayne, and uh, Adam Schefter, and he's generally a no-nonsense guy, just gives you the news. He writes, Dwayne Haskins, a standout at Ohio State before struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh, died this morning when he got hit by a car in South Florida. Haskins would have turned 25 in May. And immediately there was this backlash. How could you be so insensitive? And he deleted the tweet. But of course, you know, with your Schefter, the tweets are forever. And it's just one person after another. I think, you know, Matthew Judon. No, was it Matthew Judon? There were a few players ripping them. It's, how can you do this? But I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with that. I didn't think anything of it when I read it. He did struggle. I was wondering when I first heard, I said, what? was he still in Washington? And it's like, no, he struggled. Now he's in Pittsburgh. Like, so what? He's still 24 years old. He's competing for a job. Since when were you required it when you're a news reporter? This isn't like a feature. This is news. This is like writing the breaking news. You're required to not tell the truth. I think I think because the first little part reads like he's about to have been cut and then you find out he died. <laughs> I just don't think it should be. I don't know. I, I don't see anything. Changed it. Yeah, I know. I don't see anything terribly wrong with it, obviously, but it's still a little insensitive, I would say. He changed it to Dwayne Haskins, a standout before becoming Washington's first round pick and playing in Pittsburgh. It's like, so I changed it. Everyone feel better? And again, I, I don't care. I mean, Schefter's fine. It's not like he's going to get fired or anything, but um, lots of players and people, I guess, who knew Haskins. And like Taskins were obviously upset and they're, you know, emotional and they're saying, how could you do this? You know, it's our guy. He's, he's just died. <laughs> Give him a break. But uh, you know what? We didn't even get to the masters. We didn't even get to the masters. I thought it was a pretty good, uh, pretty entertaining. Uh, it wasn't the greatest. It wasn't the closest, but Tiger made it. Uh, made it entertaining for a while. I cannot believe he made the cut. You're you. I told you to bet on him making the cut. I know, but you bet on him winning, which he did not do. Uh, what did he finish? Forty seventh. Something something way down the list. Forty seventh, and uh, he made how much? Did you tell me? Uh, I'll get it right here. Forty three. He finished forty seventh. He made forty three thousand. Finished ahead of Adam Scott, uh, Daniel Berger, but uh, made the cut, which is pretty amazing. But he was hurting over the weekend. He looked like Joe Biden walking up the fairways. He was struggling. I think uh, Scotty Scheffler was number one in the world. He's won what, four tournaments this year in the, in the last, whatever it is, 67 days or something. He's on an unbelievable roll. My guy, Cam Smith. 
By the way, the mullet looks cool when you're winning, when you're choking. It doesn't look so cool. Yeah. Uh, he put it in the water on 12. That right there and then it was pretty much over. Watching Rory shoot a 64 on Sunday Oof. was pretty cool. That was awesome. When he holed out of the in the sand for a birdie on 18, and then Colin Marikawa did the same thing. That alone was worth. You know that that was that made the day worth watching. But Nick Faldo uh, ruined that, by the way. That's right. That was weird. We yeah. said something pretty amazing happened. Just wait. I have goosebumps. Uh, that was weird. I've, sometimes Nick Faldo seems like he's a. Uh, had a few. Yeah, I, know, so. he's, I think he might. <laughs> but Scheffler's so good. And you know why I think he was comfortable with the lead and even under all that pressure? They mentioned it a bunch of times. As a junior golfer, he won 90 tournaments. He played in 130 and won 90. And Faldo said that. Who's in charge of polishing all those trophies? <laughs> So I know that's as a junior, but he was a great college golfer and he's been great on tour. He's been great this year. And he won in first time in Phoenix on Super Bowl Sunday. And he's just been on an unbelievable role. But that's a guy who's pretty, he's used to being in the lead. He's used to closing it out. It's not like he'd never been there. I mean, obviously he'd never been there at the Masters, but he's used to handling, you know, you know, those clutch putts and trying to finish out a tournament master. I mean, uh, on 18, that yeah. was funny, man. Yeah. He four putted. If you missed it, the guy was rock solid all day, all weekend. And he four putts, 18 to finish 10 under, um, and just couldn't put the two footer yeah. in. He four putted and still won by three. Yeah, no, he could have, as Max Homa said, if you really wanted to make it interesting, why didn't you six putt? And then finally hit the putt you needed to win. That would have been great. Yeah. But it, was, it wasn't the greatest Masters, but it's still a great TV show. It is a great TV event with so few commercials and lots of great camera angles and just watching Tiger out there struggling to finish. The bad news, I think, is he said he's going to play in the British Open at St. Andrews, and I believe him. He wants to go back there and, and just play at that place, and I don't blame him. He didn't mention playing the U.S. Open in no. Brookline in June. He's got a, the PGA is coming up next, and then the U.S. Open is in Boston. And it's, as I recall, I was there a few times. I was there for the U.S. Open. I was there for the Ryder Cup. It's not an easy walking course either. And he didn't, he went right to the British when he talked about getting ready to play in the Open at St. Andrews. I'm not sure he's coming to Brookline. I mean, I hope he does. He's puts, he just, he's makes it so much more interesting just to see him out there and competing. And you can feel that buzz and that noise whenever he's out there. So I hope he does, but uh, I wouldn't get my hoax hopes up. If you're going to the country club in June, you may not see the greatest player ever, but anyway, we will leave it there for today. Anything else? Ironhead. I know we had a long list as we usually do on Mondays. Uh, I had the uh, Fauci clip talking about asking yeah. uh, i'm not stuff. sure i could take that but yeah. uh uh want to see my uh my fauci my fa i found him i found the evil elf here's little fauci little fauci he's back on tv <laughs> might, it might be time it might be time to mask up it might be time to lock down again god he is just vile i gotta help people just ignore him and hope he goes away. I think they are. I think that's his issue. I, I, me too. I think we're heading for a showdown. We can do this tomorrow. We can do this another yeah. day because we are heading for a showdown. If they attempt to go full Shanghai or even close, it's locking down. Oh, and yeah. God knows our governor is capable of that as our most uh, uh, blue state governors and all these liberal tyrants like Baker. Uh, 
they'll going to be an uprising. If they start saying we're going to close gyms or close mm-hmm. restaurants or close schools or mask up, people are so sick of it. I know some people will comply, particularly in red states, but I think, I mean, in blue states, but I think a lot of other people are going to rise up and say, screw you. We've had enough. And I say, bring it on. I'm here for that. Uh, but we can get into that another day. It ain't going away. The little evil elf is back. Here he is. He's back. Hey, mask up. Time to mask up. We're going to be careful. Can't be too careful. Oh, I hate him. It's the best impression I've ever heard, actually. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just... <laughs> no one else does a Fauci. <laughs> All right, that's it for today. Thank you to everybody watching and listening and texting and buying Callahan Coffee. Go to CallahanCoffee.com. Thank you to Graham, our wonderful marketing manager, and you too, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.